test, test. Test, 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 test. Okay. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about being a solopreneur versus having a co-founder. I'm Jeevan. I'm Steven. And this is the Beta 5 Podcast. Dun, 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 dun. So, Stephen, what what do you think being being a solopreneur versus having co-founders? What's your take? Well, I've had a big change of heart over the last three or four years. Um, you know, I think I'm someone that uh, I like to be in control. I know that about myself. I'd see it more as a weakness today. Um, that's come with some maturity. I think getting married, having kids, you know, some of those things get exposed. And so I've realized I like to be in control. And I think to a fault. So for me, I used to want to be fully in control, control, own 100% of any business that I was going to try to start. And ultimately, I was isolated, and it wasn't good for me, really regardless of the type of business that I was working on. So for me, and this is a really big point, you have to be self-aware. You have to know yourself. And so I think that's really a first step in deciding, should I be a solopreneur, or should I do this project by myself, or should I have a co-founder or co-founders, right? You have to be self-aware. You have to sit down know yourself, I would ask a few trusted friends or family, what do you think about me doing this on my own versus having some type of team, whether that's two or more people. So start there. And then, you know, beyond that, it's knowing not just yourself or your personality, but also your skill sets. So um, I've never really been deeply technical, right? So I would never be someone else's technical (laughs) co-founder. If anything, I'd need a technical co-founder. There's a lot of advancements and things like no code and, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a technical co-founder if we're talking about a software startup or something like that. But in general, I think you need to know yourself and how you are, who you are, what's healthy for you, but also your skill sets. That's great points. In fact, the biggest thing that I took away from there is to getting to know yourself. The, that's the harder part, really. Um, if you, In order to get to know yourself, you have to get to know what is it that you're not good at. And are those gaps that could be filled in by you or does somebody else come in and fill those gaps? Very important to know that. And that really helps decide if you need to go solo or you need to have somebody who can come and add that value that fills in that gap? Right. That's really important, and it's 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 not an easy task. Um, time and again, we see uh, you know mismatches happening all the time, where folks start off as co-founders, but things don't really work because there is this big overlap of of opinions, of persona, of of points of view, or and skills. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that often leads to differing decisions and roads and, uh, you know, those things happen, absolutely. But end of the day, you got to ask yourself um, with, nobody's perfect, uh, but, you know, uh, with, with that known, um, do you want to go out on your own and, you know, put whatever 
effort you're doing at risk with those inefficiencies and weaknesses that you may have mm. which yeah could result in in nothing so do you want to be a 100% owner of nothing versus <laughs> a non 100% owner of something that's a decision that you'll have to make into determining what you do yeah and and so we've talked about knowing yourself but the the other major part of this is knowing the company that you're trying to build or the business that you're trying to build so if you're trying to build a coaching business right and you want to coach other business owners or maybe you're a fitness or health coach okay you may not need a, a co-founder it actually may not make financial sense because the business likely won't scale we might be talking about a lifestyle business or something like that where if you were to invite someone else in you're almost kind of going to fail from the start because of what it is inherently but if you're talking about a b2b software company that could serve a massive massive quantity of companies potentially well now we're talking about something different so you really have to think about what does the company require and in what phase okay so we can also talk about that like early on we've talked about mvps in past episodes do we need x y or z type of skill at the table early on can we punt and wait on that down the line six months 12 months from now so you really have to think about industry product service what are we really talking about true very true in fact talking specifically you know in terms of tech startups one of one of the you know early on when i start talking to new clients uh, the example that i always give them to drive this point home is especially for non tech founders uh what they are trying to do is like say for example you are a you are you are a marketing person or you could be doing anything else other than automobile engineering and you have this idea and vision for a great car that's what you want to build you want to build a automobile a car company and you set set out to do to kind of do just that well the first thing you want to do is build the first car right so you know how to drive a car you know how a car generally works mm-hmm. but you could extend and ext- extrapolate that and say that hey i will also know how to design the engine that's needed for the car or you could bring in somebody who is an expert in that area now they might not know anything about building a company building a company which you might know really well that right there is a marriage of ideas and 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 values and so that's that's exactly what you need to look for in you know in in those that you not knowing how to build an engine is not really your weakness you can spend the next 4 5 years trying to do that but time slash value you have to recognize that and see sure. how you can address that at the earliest yeah i mean i i constantly use the phrase i'm sure you're sick of hearing me say this other people that i do business with highest and best use right what's your highest and best use jeevan i don't think your highest and best use is coming up with graphics and marketing campaigns necessarily. If you had to, you probably could, you know, but it's it's not your highest and best use. Totally agree. Right. So, you know, early on in a company, sometimes you have to do those things. You have to wear multiple hats, you know, that's kind of a cliché yeah. term in in startup land. You have to wear multiple hats and and that's acceptable to some degree, that's okay, but for the really important stuff in that company early on when you assess it, if some of these things are critical to the company succeeding and it's not one of your kind of highest and best uses you're probably 
going to want to think really hard about having a partner. Totally, totally. And that's, yeah. And and it, it, it really, you know, long term, it really starts paying off if you start thinking it that way. Um, you, you can absolutely, there's nothing wrong in you starting as a solopreneur. And you can stay the, being a solopreneur you know, as long as you want. Mm-hmm. But keep it's very important for you to keep your mind open. Um, it's very important for you to think what the business needs and not what you need for the business. Um, the moment you shift this perspective, it becomes a lot easier for you to realize, oh, the business is its own living entity, so to speak. Right. And so, yeah, whatever its needs are is what you go look to suffice. And if if you're someone that ultimately is wanting to raise money, really, really scale up a company, and that's a desire that you have, and you think that that's something that, given the feedback that you've gotten, could be likely, well, we know, you know, the two of us and a lot of people that we've seen in our lives and friends that we have, it's extremely rare for someone to raise a serious amount of money, even at the seed level that's solo. Right, investors are looking for teams, not looking for this, you know, kind of catch-all Swiss Army knife. I do everything. It's that's almost never happens. So if you know you want to go down a path of fundraising and really scaling, you're probably already qualifying yourself as someone that needs to have co-founders. Totally, and you know, uh, to to riff on that point a a bit more. Um, why is it why is it like this? Why is it that investors always look for co-founders for teams with co-founders as opposed to solopreneurs? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, you're going to grow. You're going to you're going to need you're going to you know need to have a team. The team is not going to be people who are going to work for you. They are going to work with you. And if you are going to have people who are going to work for you, you might not find and see the scale that you would if you have people who work with you. Um, that's that's really the, the the key distinction. You could be a good manager, you right. could be a good delegator, but these are different things, you know, than being a team member, being a, a good team player. You need someone that is as all in as you are if you're going to try to go down that journey of really scaling a company and raising funds and things like that. It's to have some equals. Right, equals in terms of care, desire, effort, energy. Um, it's just not going to be the same if it's just people that work for you and just some contractors that are fulfilling tasks and requirements. And as much as it may seem that you are distributing different skills and different uh, capabilities, uh, and and kind of sharing that load depending upon each individual's capacity and capability, what everybody looks for and what really goes to grow the company is how well do they share the vision that's really important and which is why uh, you know the whole notion of having a co-founder starts really really you know starts to become important so that's well, it yeah, yeah. Um, this has been a, a very informative chat uh, Stephen uh, yeah I think so I mean just to recap you got to know yourself you have to know the type of company that you're building it and what that will really necessitate. And you have to think about investors down the line if you think that that's going to be in the picture. So there you have it. Another episode of uh, the Betafy podcast in the books.
Do you think that Han Solo was a solopreneur? I was just about to say I had another joke like that. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the other joke? The likelihood of a solopreneur succeeding is so low. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a total dad joke. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Da-da-da-da